Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, Brother John. It's February. Yes, February. Yeah, it sure is. Hey, this is the bro show for people who don't know. We're two brothers related by blood. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And uh, I'm Jerry. And I'm John. And we talk about four things. Hmm. We talk about, go for it. Number one, an animal. In this season, it's the ox. And boy, we got a great story on the ox. Oh, do we? We have a word. We have one from down under this this Mm. week. And two takes. Yeah, you can guess what that's about. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And two groaners. Two Two groaners. Those are the four things. So uh, put your seatbelt on because this could be a rough ride. Yeah, we're going to smooth the edges, though. Are we? Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it sounds like, what was it, John McCormick walks and talks at midnight? That guy? Yeah. That's yeah, he man. was smooth. He was smooth. If you couldn't get to sleep, Dude. just listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. you, that's for sure. He's a human quaalude. How are you doing? Well, we'll get to that. We're going to talk about Assume you. I'm going to assume my brother is doing fine, okay? Yeah, you, oh, you got that My Brother's Doing Fine t-shirt on, don't you? Of course! Oh, my brother is so appropriate. Now, the, you know what's so frustrating about wearing this shirt? Here, I'm going to be just talking to the wall, strutting in front of, you know, different rooms, you know, mm-hmm. proudly displaying a shirt. When I'd love to be, uh, you know, uh, you know, hoisting a beverage, uh, quaffing a, 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 an adult beer or something, and proudly displaying this at the alehouse so that people could see it. But yeah, but, I know that's why we, we created this T-shirt for this very circumstance we find ourselves in. It's it's why it's it's why it got invented because people ask going, you, "Yeah, How's your brother." Yeah, exactly. And here I am. I took the dust off the shirt and I'm strutting around with it. You know, strutting. <laughs> I've seen you strut. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. It's not good. Uh, <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. No. I just need I need practice, okay? Uh, John, I don't think it's going to help. I hate to tell you. You're just not a born strutter. I'm a diddy bopper. Okay, that you are. <laughs> that that you are. That you can do. All right, I'm going to give you that. Yeah, I've I've still got the same T-shirt I had on last week. No, I retired no, no, it. No, 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 yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, I retired don't, don't. it a couple of times, and okay, I've aired okay. it out. But that's the record. <laughs> I know what you did. You took that shirt off, put it inside out, put it back on. Not and true. What you did is you did it again. Not true. Not true. <laughs> Not true. <laughs> I I hung it outside one of the days it wasn't raining or snowing. Okay. We don't have any facilities for washing clothes. Got it. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. And we have. A, do we have an ox story? Come on. I'm wearing the uh, band T-shirt again this week. In oh, case you're that's, curious, that's the, you know the other thing is that of course I'm with the band. With the band, hmm. but we have a sponsor, and that is the I Live Here Two T-shirt. It's got a picture of a beautiful wolf. Center for Humans in Nature. That's oh. where the money goes when you buy one. So buy one. Yeah, sake. Yeah. It's excellent. I mean, I, my my boss even mentioned it to me during a staff meeting. During a meeting with her, not to the staff, but to wow. me saying it. 
Yeah. Wow. So wow. its presence has been felt. I don't think she's she's obviously you would know she hasn't paid for a shirt, but at least she's thinking about it. She's, yeah, she is thinking about it. I tell you. Center for Humans and Nature. I'm just going to leave one, that one right there. Let's go do yeah, it. Let's, uh, we, we let's danced do it on, on them too many times before. Let's yeah. just move on to Ox Story. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Well, yeah. listen, our Ox Story, and I, I kind of picked some low-lying fruit. When you, when you got the Ox and professional wrestling, we all gravitated to as kids. We, we figured out, oh, what the hell, I'll just put Ox professional wrestling. And sure enough, who pops up but Ox Baker. Considered uh, in the in the late 60s, 70s, and into the 80s, one of the meanest, toughest, nastiest wrestlers around. Ox, yeah. because he was relatively big, he got relatively. to start in. Yeah, I mean, at the time, he was one of the bigger wrestlers. So now mm-hmm. they, they've kind of they've kind of, between steroids and just being larger humans. Uh, yeah. We've got a lot of big wrestlers out there, but Ox was uh, in his heyday was six foot four, weighed uh, over 300 pounds. And uh, he was, he's the kind of guy who had a very modest upbringing in Iowa. Iowa's kind of a wrestling state. I mean, the Iowa is, uh, the is. University of Iowa is known for having championship wrestling. So as a child and also in high school, he played football and, and wrestled. So he kind of mixed up a little bit. But it took him a while. Was, he didn't really dive deeply into wrestling, professional wrestling, until he's 30 years old. And uh, he made a very good uh, career of it for quite some time. And, well, um, yeah, he had a rough start. He was he uh, he's working in a meatpacking plant in Waterloo, Iowa, <laughs> and he wasn't making enough money to feed his family and himself. So he fed his family first. And he was always hungry. And when we do interviews, he would point out that he was really hungry. Yeah, <laughs> people would free meals on the road. That's for sure. He, he, they asked why he didn't sign autographs. He said he couldn't afford a pen. And so they sent like a carton of. People sent pens to the radio station where he did the interviews so he could have a pen. He said he didn't have a suitcase. He just used this rubber bag, you know, to haul his stuff around in. And people sent uh, – there was like 40 suitcases showed up at this radio station. They're going like, what are you doing? Stop this. <laughs> it was good. It was cool. He was very good in interviews. Oh. He was good in interviews, but he realized early on that his 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 position in the wrestling – industry was going to be as a heel in other words a bad guy and to kind of enhance the image he looked like a devil his eyebrows kind of went up a little bit he had a fu manchu mustache that was out of control um going way beyond his chin and uh, with the growl just a little bit of growl and a little hair on his chest uh he had a menacing look Um, he did they they said people would say you know uh when he was when he was born, they spanked his mother instead of him. Yeah, I know. That was, <laughs> am I ugly? Well, when I was born, my my mother got spanked rather than me. <laughs> yeah. And someone said oh, he, he had a meeting with the devil, and the devil lost. <laughs> Stuff like that. So, yeah, he had a, he had a pretty good shtick. Uh, and the other thing is that he realized he needed to come up with a, with a signature hold. And he wasn't really adept at uh, some slick wrestling moves. He was more of a mayhem-type guy. So he ended up coming up with what he called the heart punch, which was just uh, getting a guy down and just punching him in the chest near his heart. And that was it. And uh, to add to his notoriety, though, it, coincidentally, two of the wrestlers that he, he wrestled soon after, within some of them with hours, a couple, one with one days, died. One of them had a yeah. bursted appendix. The other one did have a heart attack, but yeah. the guy had a 
had hardening of the arteries. He didn't get. He wasn't hurt by, but by uh, yeah by ox. But the the thing was back in the day, if something like this happened, you took advantage of it and just added to your legend by saying, "This is the guy who killed two wrestlers." The uh, ox. Yeah, the ox. Ox so, Baker. Um, you know, I, I didn't I think, think the eyebrows looked devilish. I thought they looked like, uh, you know, Bay the Blue Ox's horns. The way they go yeah, up. Yeah, I guess. Right? Yeah, I guess it depended. But the other thing is that the uh, the Ox was the guy who would work his way, you know, he'd go into an area, and he was really big up in uh, the start of his career in Iowa and Minnesota. Then he kind of gravitated down towards uh, Florida, southeast uh, uh, U.S., and but what he would do is he would go into a town, he would wrestle some, win matches decisively, and then he'd get to the top and do the number one guy in that area and lose. And lose, yeah. He had yeah. to figure different ways to lose matches to the same guy all over Florida. Dusty Rhodes was his main opponent there. So uh, that was that was the thing. And the other thing is he one time in Cleveland uh, caused a riot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He just he just got a little bit carried away, you know. After you get done beating somebody up, or in between matches, you got to have some shtick and you know just you know, knock the rest of the referee down and keep pounding on your opponent or something like that. So Ernie Ladd, pretty big guy, he was pounding on Ernie Ladd, and all of a sudden in Cleveland, the, the fans thought that the Ox was going to hurt him or kill him. So they start throwing chairs and stuff, and all of a sudden yeah. the wrestlers look around and say, "We got to get our asses out of here." Oh, yeah, they barely made it to the locker room. Yeah. So Ox was a lovable, but outside the ring, he was on prices right. He just, you know, you he would come in and you'd take a look at him and say, oh, oh like Bob Barker said, gee, Ox, hope you're having a good day. Uh, I think we have a winner here. <laughs> I, think we're, I think we got a yeah. winner in prices right. We're going we're, we're gonna to help you as much as we can. But then you start talking. And you just realize this guy might he might say stuff that is supposed to be menacing, but he's a teddy bear. He's a nice guy. He was a he's nice a ni- guy. He's a nice guy. Oh, well. He loved so, his fan. He loved the fans. He loved Whether the they fans. Liked him or not. Uh, yeah. And he uh, he lived to the age of eighty. So for a wrestler, that's a pretty long time because these that guys is. they did not take very good care of themselves. A lot of them. A lot of them died very early on. Uh, yeah. Between steroids, just being on the road, not uh, being healthy habits, whatever. Yeah. So you get, the well, the odd thing man. is, you get no, you get no exercise being a, a professional wrestler, yeah. except in the ring. The rest of the time, you're traveling. <laughs> it's pretty nasty. So. Well, okay. What a guy. What a guy. Hey, we got a word, John. I got a word. What's actually. the word? What's the word? The word is spruik. Spruik. Yes. S P R U I K spruik. It looks yeah. like it would be spruik, but it's yeah. Australian slang these days, and they pronounce it spruik. Very common word, actually. I tried doing it on my on my pocket dictionary, and I did it over and over again. Sometimes even the R is harder. All of a sudden, it comes down. It's a, it's almost like a very soft R in it, spruik, and it comes out yeah. spruik. So. Uh, yeah, and uh, hey, this this word uh, I think of Ron Popeil. He, I think of the, the Hardy salesman, yeah. the boastful, the guy who can get up there and strut his stuff. So, kind of give us a definition yeah. and give us an example. Okay, to make or give a speech, especially extensively or elaborately, to spiel, to orate, to advocate. Yeah. 
So that's that's what it means. And it's almost used exclusively to refer to people. I wouldn't call them snake oil salesmen. <laughs> Maybe one this side of that, just this side. Yeah, of that. It, 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 it it borders on it, but doesn't quite get there. But I, I think that the key here is it's more it, it's being a little ostentatious, showy, and perhaps yeah. embellish to some extent what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. that that goes into it. So it's more on that side of it than it's a verb telling. It's you. a verb, John. It is a verb. Oh, he was boy. spruiking his new hair oil. Now, that may sound like he was, you know, doing his hair, but no, he was promoting it. He was promoting Miller Miracle Grow. I'd feel more comfortable listening. Miracle Grow. That's for plants, John. It's not for hair. It's for me. It would be a miracle for me to get hair. So I call anything that can get me to let my hair grow that I could put on my head would have to be Miracle Grow. <laughs> You're just too manly. That's why it all left. Yeah, I know it just escaped. It got away. Yeah, it got away. It got away from you. All right. So anyway, that's our word. The interesting, the one last thing about it, because we've got a, a big topic this week. One uh, really cool thing about the word is uh, it, it appears to be a Dutch word. It's an old Dutch word, and it migrated to South Africa with the Boers. And they used it there, and then it made its way over to Australia. You know, once you get below the equator, things kind of go crazy, and you don't know what's going to happen. But it ended up in Australia. And Australia, kind of like Texas, we do this here in Texas, too. We take a word from another country and purposely mispronounce it to show our disdain for the other cultures in in the world. Mm. And that's exactly what happened there, because it is spruik, but they pronounce it spruik. Hmm. So Pretty good. Yeah, there it is. Our worldly word. We ready for two I'm takes. I'm ready for I'm ready for two takes. Uh, I think our story it's it's it, you'd have to be living in a cave not to know what we should be talking about this week, uh, particularly when we have a, a reporter on the scene to give us the blow by blow to give you the story which you can only hear here on the Bro Show. I mean, you might watch national news and think you know this story, but you don't. No, you, you don't, don't know. You don't know the full brunt of it going from last Sunday to even as we speak today. It's continuing, oh, and that story it's is worse in some ways now it than is, it was. Yeah. It's called the, uh, we call it the Texas Power Play, and uh, let's just say that they they didn't do too well. Uh, Not too well. Power Play. So Not too well. Back on Sunday, uh, it starts when all of a sudden. You text me and you say, we've got rolling blackouts. In other words, the, uh, the electricity seems to be a little off fluttering or whatever. So when did that all happen? When did that? It, was started, it started at 530 in the morning. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, we woke up in the dark and uh, it was cold and dark. Mm. So there's no electricity. And that sounds pretty dire. And it was. Can freeze to death. It does hypothermia. You know, you you can that can happen. So uh, our neighborhood immediately mobilized. Uh, we found out who had uh, wood fireplaces or wood stoves. There are only I think three of them in the neighborhood. We have thirty families that live up here. Uh, and so we decided, well, let's marshal our our resources, share, etc. Everybody worked together. Uh, there were a few houses. If there were young children, they would come to those houses with the fireplaces to stay warm. Uh, it was all hands on deck. Uh, it was really quite nice. And at that time, we still had water, 
But mm-hmm. within 24 hours, we had no water also. And, and this so, is all, you're kind of in the thick of it, being there in Austin. Uh, yes. If you, if, if, as we take a look at the electricity side of it, you know, we've got 28 million people, 29 million people living in Texas, and we've got 4 million at this point have lost electricity. And uh, you started with rolling blackouts that uh, soon became an outage. That's right. Permanent. That's right. And, uh, and so... Uh, yeah, we never even had a, a blackout in the beginning. We've had them since. But in the beginning, we just had an outage. They claimed it was going to be a, a blackout, but then it never came back for almost four days. So our place was ice cold and uh, no water, no electricity. Well, good news is the food wouldn't go bad because it's yeah. so cold. Yeah. So you know what we what's pretty odd. Well, uh, what not spoken, but probably we need to say is what kind of temps were we talking about, and also. Uh, there's another factor which placed into it, and that is precipitation. In your case, hardly was water. So what was the story with the temp? Okay, the temp was, um, in a word, below zero. Uh, I mean, below, excuse me, below freezing. Uh, it stayed below yeah. freezing for almost a week, which is unheard of here. Yeah. Uh, usually it can get cold like that at night every once in a while, but during the day it always goes up to 60, 70 in the winter, sometimes it gets up to 80 here. So this is a warm area that we live in. So it stayed below freezing for an entire week, and uh, it really took its toll. And we had freezing rain and snow that whole time. We ended up with five inches of snow on the ground. And so that sounds bad for driving, but it's good for water. So we would bring the water inside, put it next to the fireplace, uh, bring snow inside, put it next to the fireplace, melt it, use that water, Put it, we all have water filters here, so it worked pretty good. You know, we could create drinking water out of that. Uh, I we didn't bother using it in the toilets. It, it wasn't wasn't it's not worth so you, it. It you takes so much elect- water. Yeah, electricity goes out. Heat is obviously gone. Transportation is bad because of the, the ice. So getting around. So, for example, if uh, if one of these larger communities like Austin or Houston, et cetera, had warming centers, you couldn't get to them anyway. So, yeah, that's was, what they said. Go to a warming center. They would center. say things like, "Hey, go to a warming center." You know, no one could go to a warming center. They're too far away. You'd have to walk, and you freeze to death. So, you know, you're not going to do that. Yeah. So and without the thing, water, it's a domino. It's a domino thing. Yeah. Well, the next domino is food. So, yeah, the next uh, domino is food. The, 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 no food could get to the stores. And then everybody, there were like, you know, two or three block long lines of people trying, and those are six feet apart people, trying to get into the stores. And, uh, you know, what we did actually was it got to the point on the first day where we were just so cold and our devices were running out of electricity and we wanted to be able to keep in touch with our friends who were worried about us. So we said, well, let's just go down to the car. You know, we've got three-quarter tank of gas, and we can stay warm there. We can charge all our devices. And as luck would have it, John, we have an inverter, which inverts the uh, direct current from the car into alternating current. So we could actually take down anything that you could plug into the wall. We could take it down there. So except for things like stove, you know, and rock pots, can't do that. That's too much current draw. But, you know, anything else that we needed to do, you know, so we were in pretty good shape in our car and we were deciding, hey, you know, uh, we can just spend the night in the car because we've got plenty of gas. And so, you know, it was outside and the exhaust pipe was, you know, right. not so going to come back. Carbon on monoxide us. and all that. Yeah. Exactly. 
So uh, we we're all bedded in, and then our friend Leah, uh, Leah and and Aaron gave us a little uh, a text message. Leah said, "Hey, are you doing okay?" She checks on me a lot, and she's much younger than we are. So I said, "Yeah, yeah, we're doing fine." She says, well, "Where are you?" <laughs> she was she didn't trust me, right? Yeah, yeah. she did, the, the 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 fine didn't see, did you spell it wrong or did you put it in lowercase? Yeah, but you do it was lowercase, <laughs> it was lowercase. <laughs> and so uh, she said, "No, and you're not going to send the night in the car. Uh, uh, why don't I send Aaron over there to pick you guys up? We got a a, a big four by four truck. We can drive through all the snow and ice." I said, "Okay, yeah. okay, 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 we're coming." And they put us up for forty eight hours, a little Sweet. more. And they had the electricity. Mm-hmm. They had electricity, never ran out of electricity, so we, we were doing okay with that. They had water, they didn't have a problem with that. But toward toward the end of our stay, the reason we left was they they stopped getting water out of the faucets. Yeah. They got turned off. Uh, yeah, I mean the water problem is one in which because of the it, it's it's a bigger problem because the water couldn't be purified, generated, frozen, this and that. Yeah. So yep. it's a little later in the game, but it, uh, it what happens right now as we speak is it's probably a bigger problem than yeah. the heat was. Lack of heat, yeah. lack of electricity what it yeah. three or four days ago. So now we're confronted with a situation in Texas where, you know, close to half of the, of the state is dealing with water issues. Yeah, uh, one way or another. Either you're not getting any water because the freeze broke the pipes, or you're getting water and it's, con- it's contaminated because yeah. the purification plants are screwed up. Grew up, yeah, exactly. So, so this is and, and plus, you know, on the way home, when when Aaron drove us back home, he said, "Well, let's see if there's any stores we can get any supplies at." Nothing, nothing. Yeah, so there's a raid on the stores because people yeah. realize there's still that. no food here. There's still no food here. Yeah. Right. Even as we speak, there's no food to buy in Austin. Uh, we just have to wait. You know, luckily, so, luckily we had food and, and uh, you know, we can make our food last. And here's the here's the weirdest part of this. Two weeks ago, I said to Mary Jane, I said this I actually it was shortly after the, the riots at the Capitol in D.C. I said, you know, this thing could get out of hand and uh, we could have a lot of bad things happen. Why don't we start stockpiling food? Not a lot, just a little. Each time you order from the store, get yeah, extra yeah, get of things, cans, so, stuff, and whatever. Yeah, we have a whole case of soup, you know, twelve cans. So that's going to last a long time. We got extra bread, you know, and, and you know things like that, mm-hmm. the, the essentials. So we're going to do okay. We can last another week, but uh, not everybody's that lucky. And so right now, people are just you know trying to get through. To Monday when it should warm up, yeah, and the stores are open again on Monday or Tuesday. It depends on the store, for a wow. grocery store. Yeah. So listen, there's one thing we we saved the 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 most important thing in my mind to last, and that is how are the non-human animals doing? Okay, uh, yes, the this is important. Concern over, yeah, big concern over animals is you know five primates died in the San the San Antonio Zoo, you know. Chimpanzees and gorillas. That's very sad. Yeah, these these are all, yeah. these are like people. They really are. And I mean, so that's a very sad thing. And it was just no heat, they hypothermia. So and they're tropical animals anyway. So it's a it's a bad crummy situation. Uh, pets and stuff like that. People pets, have livestock eat. even. You know, yes. young young yeah. cattle, calves. Uh, Yep. You know, maybe the the, the adult uh, cows, et cetera, could do well, but the young ones yeah. uh, needed Not to be cared for. 
And then the one that I was most concerned about was near Houston. When you got the Gulf there, we got the sea turtles. Where, yeah. you know, and they ended up putting a lot of those in the uh, the convention centers, et cetera, to keep them going. But the, like I said, the good news is that at least the temperatures will be in the 60s, I guess, or close to 60 in a few days, yeah. and that'll be very, very good. Yeah, but, that will uh, be good. But overall, people have uh, shown a lot of compassion for the animals, and a lot of this is grassroots. It's important to point this out. The, the government's uh, entities, whether it's fe- uh, state, federal, local, all pretty meaningless. You know, when you don't have food and water, well, there's not, yeah. not a lot of talking heads can do for you. And there's been a lot of misinformation, miscommunication, all finger pointing, yeah. uh, blame, and all this and that. I mean, there's a whole other story to be told that will be unfolding as we take yeah. a look and try to... You know, there's some obvious things we could talk, talk about that have mentioned where with the power grids, this and that, whatever, government's not doing what they should to be doing. And uh, and I look forward to, to getting really the, the down to the nitty gritty. But I uh, obviously probably a little bit on the humorous side, if it can be humorous, you got to kind of t- chuckle somewhere along the line is what happened to your illustrious senator who decided to take a little trip. Yeah, and and he, he he decided to go to Cancun to get get the hell out of Dodge, and because uh, his house was no no heat no water. Uh, but he did know, it so. for a good reason because his daughter wanted to get out of town because I, we don't have to go to school, Daddy. Can't we go down to Mexico, Cancun, please? That was his initial story, <laughs> and you know how they say this is an evolving story. Yeah, this is an evolving lie. Uh, it turns out that the whole thing, the adults planned the trip, not the kids, but they threw the kids out of the bus, which is very sad. <laughs> and, and also then, you know, they show this picture of his house deserted and his poor little dog Snowflake is looking out the doggy door, yeah, uh, the front where, door. The, this is where the story gets very, very ugly. When the it non-human does. animals get involved, yeah. this is when I, this is when I get started getting upset. Well, John, don't be upset because he had security on site on at his place of uh, 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 living, his domicile, and the security guys were feeding and loving Snowflake. Good. So that's okay. Well, I can rest a little. A lot of misinformation, like I said. Yeah. A lot of misinformation. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it was crazy. So, yeah, everybody's read about that, though, so we don't need to talk about that. I think we're nope. ready for Groner after that. Groner! Our groaners are provided to us by Vincent Anthony Lauder, Jr., commonly referred to as the coach. And I'd like to also point out this week we are going to have a guest groaner. Oh. Uh, and, yeah, we're going to have a guest groaner because uh, your wonderful wife provided us with a groaner. Um, you won't have the chance to guess this one because you, 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 you already heard it. In fact, I, I want to applaud you for a variety of things. You, you've done well. I would be going nuts under your circumstances right now. You're just a real trooper. I was already well. nuts. I was already nuts. Yeah, so. I guess you had a head start on that one, didn't you? Yeah, I, I didn't have anywhere to go. Is, the other thing is that you've got you've got this groaner because you don't hear your wife. You listen to her. That's Listening right. is an art. It's yes. something that took me a long time to learn when I was married. And then very quickly, I found out I had a very limited listening capacity. <laughs> which wow. provided the problem. But you listened, and so as a result, we're going to go with the first groaner. By the way, this groaner, uh, Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr. has heard this groaner and certified it as a, it's a certified groaner, okay? Oh, it's so been certified? It, it's been certified by Vincent, Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr. Jr. So here we go. What did 
fire say to the ember? And the answer is... Don't make an ash out of yourself. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, that's okay. pretty good. Very good. This one is from uh, from Vince, and it is, who is the best employee at the golf course to make coffee? Who is the best employee at a golf course to make coffee? The caddy. The groundskeeper. Oh, I think <laughs> the coffee caddy, those things you put around your coffee. What do you think? Okay. I like it. I like okay. that one a lot. That's good. That shows very deep insight into okay. the organizational structure of a golf course. Very John, good. you did it. 